Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. The Three and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for baseball, the NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, and so much more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. America's number one sportsbook. Very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecop, Three and Out Podcast. How are we doing? What is going on? Uh, we just had breaking news. This is, I got lucky. I usually record the podcast a little earlier in the day on Mondays, but because some things happened, I wasn't, I'm recording this about four o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, the news of Jimmy Garoppolo out of nowhere, a Clayton Kershaw, Barry Zito level, level curveball is resigning with the 49ers. I mean, technically he was on the Niners, but restructured his contract is going to stay on as Trey Lance's backup. What a jaw dropping. Uh, thing to say the least. And this is coming from someone that has been at these practices. I'll obviously give some thoughts there. Um, the big cut down, a lot of guys getting cut. I have been the guy who's part of cutting players. Uh, have some thoughts on that. And just, 
you know, not everyone that gets cut is the same. There's a player that I saw that I, it's kind of crazy. I, we haven't really talked about that there has a chance to be a swing this year of a player's career kind of ending and another one's ascending that would be just one of the all-time moves in NFL, in recent memory at least. The Miami Dolphins, just are they just the all-hype team? Have some question marks there. And then a couple quick college, couple quick, can't even speak, college football thoughts. Um, the plan is podcast Tuesday, probably do like a mailbag type thing for Thursday because I'm I'm headed to Nashville Wednesday, as I've said, So and Labor Day weekend. So they'll just be, this podcast, we'll probably put something out Thursday because of the short weekend. Because let's face it, most of you guys by Friday are screwing around. And then because Monday's off, probably won't have anything uh, a podcast until next Tuesday for the NFL season. That's that's probably the game plan, given that Monday is a holiday. Uh, but wanted to start again three and out podcast. You listen on Collins feed, subscribe to the uh, the three and out feed. Middlecoff mailbag. We'll have a big one Thursday at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs and get your question answered here on the show. One reason in general why sports thrive. Is it true in a day and age when there's every single channel has a reality show? Most of them have reality show after reality show. All the streaming services now have all these reality shows. They're all scripted. I think we all acknowledge it's all fake. Yet in pro sports, every single week, every single day, something happens where you go, damn, didn't see that happening. Damn, who would have thought Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill would get traded? Tom Brady would retire and then unretire and then take a sabbatical. And then after a year of, he's going to get traded, no one's going to trade for him, he's going to get cut, all of a sudden Jimmy Garoppolo ends up as the backup for the 49ers. Couple quick thoughts. In a vacuum, he immediately becomes the best backup in the NFL. You can get Jimmy Garoppolo, who has been a starter now for half a decade, and won a ton of big games, and while flawed, is a top 20 quarterback in the NFL at $6.5 million to be your backup. He is, you could argue, when you factor in the importance of the quarterback position, any player on a non-rookie contract, it is the best contract in the NFL. Because at any moment, if he had to, Trey got hurt, he can start, and you can win with him. He has... Been the starting quarterback. Now, he, again, like I said, flawed player. But their team is so loaded, they were littered with guys, I think the list is stupid, of players in the top 100. From the 100th player up until the fringe top 10. And Jimmy Garoppolo can be the guy just guiding the ship. And now he's the backup for $6.5 million. The other thing the 49ers have really hung their hat on is their general manager and head coach are incredible dealing and massaging the people in their building, given the players. And they've handled some very weird situations. And they've done it pretty seamlessly. And they've made hard decisions over the years, and it worked out pretty well. They did it with DeForest Buckner a couple years ago when they traded him for a first-round pick, and a couple years later, they are in back in the NFC Championship game. And this year, the Debo Samuel situation. He demands a trade. And Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch refused to say anything negatively publicly, even though they were kind of mad. And they convinced him to come to OTAs as a hold-in. 
They massaged the situation, and now I've been at all these practices. Debo was kicking ass and taking names, and it's all kumbaya, and everyone's hugging and kissing. They are, John is one of the better people in league history, just a high-quality Captain America type. And Kyle little can be a little off, I think, and be difficult for coaches, is great with players. So their ability to handle a situation that, let's face it, one could argue, and I might, is kind of batshit crazy. And I'll never forget when I went to my first 49er practice this fall, training camp. I don't go when the when the pads aren't on. I waited till the pads were on. And I walked out there, and before you get to the fields in which the players participate on, there is like this other stretch of field. But it's not, it's probably half the size width-wise of an NFL field and probably 40 yards long. And there's Jimmy Garoppolo with two guys that look like me just throwing passes to. And teammates are walking by, people are high-fiving them. I remember one day going out there and all the players are coming out to practice and Jimmy's in a full sweat throwing Mike Shanahan's on his way out to practice, stops, gives Jimmy a little pat on the butt, and they start BSing. And I just thought to myself, this is easily the most bizarre thing I've ever seen, yet it feels completely normal. And part of that is Jimmy Garoppolo, who is clearly not your normal quarterback. Because if I was in his shoes, the moment this offseason started, I would have demanded, once I was healthy, get rid of me, release me. I would have made it difficult on the Niners. Yet I was told by people that beat writers, guys that cover the team, and they, the Niners, this is not New York, this is not Philly. It's a looser vibe with the media, with the team. It's it's not, I, I've been to Philadelphia. It, it can be much more contentious there. John Lynch is friends with people. Kyle knows all these guys. It, the The relationships are just different out West. We're a little more laid back. And they all said, you know what? Jimmy's cool with this. Jimmy's the one that told them, like, I'm cool with being here. And he allowed this situation, which I would say most quarterbacks in his shoes, given what he's accomplished, would never have done this. They would have demanded to be released. Now, part of this, his options were limited. He didn't have anyone at this point in time to get traded to, and no one was going to trade for his contract. Now, the question is, do the 49ers believe in Trey Lance? I think they believe in his potential, but potential is just that. It's unrealized whatever. You don't know how good he's going to be. He is physically gifted. He clearly, from an unknowing people there, high-level guy, very smart, understands the offense. He does kind of have a flaw right now. Not the most accurate quarterback. And I don't think if the 49ers were 100% sold on Trey Lance, they would have done this. Now, Kyle and John Lynch, if they were sitting at right around this table by me right now and looking at me, they'd say, John, we could have the best backup quarterback in the NFL. Why would we not? Every team in the NFL would take Jimmy Garoppolo if they had the cap space at $6.5 million to back up their quarterback. Whether your starter was Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or whether it was Zach Wilson or Mac Jones. Of course you would want Jimmy Garoppolo for that price. I'd say true, but when you invest so heavily, you usually get rid of the guy, right? Look no further than Patrick Mahomes. When the when the Kansas City Chiefs traded Alex Smith to the football team, commanders, maybe they were the Redskins at the time, and went all in in Mahomes. Now, obviously, 
Alex had a market and was getting paid a lot of money at the time when he went to, to Washington. But that is typically the move. You transition and put all your chips on the middle of the table. And if your starter gets hurt, part of the deal with the NFL is you're screwed. Right? Peyton Manning, neck got injured, Colts sucked. When Aaron Rodgers have broken collarbones before, they've been in shambles. Last year, Russell Wilson got hurt. Seattle was done. That's just the way the NFL works. And the 49ers understand that, and they've been in that situation before when Jimmy tore his ACL, and it led them to getting Nick Bosa. It sucked. I remember. I watched all those snaps. It was miserable. They don't want to be in that situation because last year, Jimmy got hurt, missed some games. They had Trey Lance. Hell, Trey Lance got hurt. So maybe they just know we got two guys that get injured until Trey Lance proves, one, he can just be durable. Herm Edwards said it a long time ago. The best ability sometimes is availability. And Trey Lance has been injured multiple times. Now you could argue freak accident. He hurt his finger in a preseason game. He also sprained his knee in his first start against the Arizona Cardinals last year. And Jimmy has a long history of being injured. Hell, last year when the season ended, he had multiple injuries. A messed up thumb and a messed up shoulder. One, the shoulder obviously led him to get uh, surgery. But I think the Niners got lucky in the sense that Jimmy's cool with this. I think they benefited because their head coach and GM are good at dealing with players. And I I think you could say that they're not 100% sold that Trey Lance is going to be a rocket ship. Because when you draft a player and you give up that many picks, you want him to be a rocket ship. Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, you know, obviously the Chargers didn't think this, but what Herbert looks like, it's just impossible to say. Now, maybe we know at the end of the season, you feel good about it. And the Niners clearly just want a contingency plan. I saw Mike Silver, who does a podcast on this, uh, the volume, who also now writes for the San Francisco Chronicle, and I saw him at a bunch of 49er practices, said, this is a hedge. And listen, I'm a gambler. I've never hedged because I'm always cool with losing, right? I I don't gamble to earn my money. I gamble for fun. I podcast to make my money. That's how I earn my living. That's what I do for work. That's why I get up early. I go to bed late. I'm a fucking podcaster. And I invest. I do some other stuff, but I don't earn. I don't expect when I gamble and I'm, I wouldn't call myself a degenerate gambler, but I would be in the top probably 10% of gamblers in America. And I, I gamble. It's a hobby for fun. Now, I win sometimes, and I lose probably more than I win. But I enjoy it. It gets me going. But I don't depend on that money. I'm cool with losing. Every bet I've ever made, I'm okay with losing. Kyle Shanahan is not. He does not like losing. Hell, he, he doesn't even look like he's having that much fun when he's winning. And I think that's simple. He's got a little Belichick in him where he goes... I don't give a shit what this looks like or some of the dynamics. All I care about is attempting to win. And for a guy that I hold in high regard, I think a lot of you, if you watch football, know he's a really good coach. He's only won two of his five seasons. And a couple of the reasons he's lost in 2020 and in 2018 was quarterback injuries. Jimmy missed uh, 13 games one year, maybe it was 12 games, and he missed 10 another year. So Trey Lance played one season where he played a couple games and he got hurt multiple times. So it might just be as simple as they got an opportunity. They don't necessarily, the personal dynamics, they think both guys already like each other. They already know each other. Little weird, but they're cool with it being weird. 
part of the NFL, there's elements of it that are just weird. We'll deal with it. Be a pro. I've always thought like, yeah, it's easy to say be a pro. Like you're dealing with humans here, not robots, not widgets, but they clearly know these guys too, pretty well. And they just weren't willing to not have a contingency plan given that they couldn't trade the guy. And that's what led to the greatest reality show going right now in America. The number one television show, the National Football League. It shocks you every day. And just like when cuts come tomorrow, I'm sure we'll be shocked. NFL kickoff is still a few weeks away, but you can get in on the action now on FanDuel Sportsbook with their NFL Super Win Bonus. Right now, anyone who places at least a $50 Super Bowl winner bet will get $5 back for each win your team has during the regular season. You can get the Rams to repeat at 11-1. to You get the Ravens at 20-1. to Sneaky kind of like the Ravens. I actually think they're almost flying a little bit under the radar. They missed the playoffs last year, some of the Lamar drama. Do not forget, the Ravens had like 7 million players injured. I think they're going to be a powerhouse this year. There are also a ton of other future market available, like team win totals, division winners, player props, and so many more, like the 49ers over, like the Chiefs over. There's no better place to get ready for the football season than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Haven't tried FanDuel Sportsbook yet? Download the app and sign up using the promo code Colin to get $5 for every win your team has if you bet at least $50 on them to win the Super Bowl. That's promo code Colin. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana, or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan, 1-877-8- Hope NY or text Hope NY 467-369 New York Tennessee Redline 1-800-888-9789 Tennessee 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And speaking of cut guys, I've been in that position. My first year in the NFL, the quote-unquote Turk, uh, the guy that brings the pink slips, it's an uncomfortable situation, right? A lot of guys battled their ass off to try to live out their dream. Now, not everyone is under the same umbrella. Some guys that get cut are veteran players. Some guys that get cut are undrafted free agents. Some guys are 10-year vets that have made millions of dollars. So everyone falls into a different category. But the thing in NFL training camp, and once you're once I was in the NFL a couple years, you could immediately tell, like, this is a good player, this is a fringe player, and this is not an NFL player. And sometimes the not an NFL player, the guys playing in the fourth quarter of these preseason games, can latch onto a practice squad and then develop into NFL players. And that's part of the reason why some scouts and some front offices are better than others. They can see that. But there is a percentage of guys, right? Because there are going to be a ton of guys cut on every team. All these teams are going from 85 to 53, or 80 to 53, whatever the number is specifically. I think Schefter tweeted out it's almost 900 players are going to be released tomorrow. Now, one thing these guys have going for them when I was in the NFL, practice squad was like eight guys. It's doubled since. The other difference is with COVID in the last couple of years, they've changed the restrictions of practice squad. Before, if you played in a certain amount of games, like if I was a fifth round pick and I was a guy that was, I made the roster, but I never dressed. But my team had a bunch of injuries or my team was really shitty and I ended up playing a lot of games, let's say in December. I would basically burn my practice squad eligibility. And then I was a guy the next year that couldn't latch on a team. I wouldn't have a job in the NFL. And it kind of screwed a lot of younger players. Now the rules for the practice squad are so much more, you know, open-ended. You can have played several years and still get time. So many more guys are eligible to be on the practice squad. Now there is a big difference of making an NFL roster and being on the practice squad. It's like $165,000 versus like over $800,000. So financially, regardless what state you live in and regardless of the tax structure, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, just because you're on the practice squad, does at any moment you can be cut. It is zero guaranteed dollars. Now, I technically can guarantee money because when I cut all these guys, if I cut you in your fifth round pick, and other teams liked you as well as my own team. Let's say I'm the Minnesota Vikings, and I cut a player, and I had drafted him that year, but I want to keep him on my practice squad. Well, every other team, if they don't claim the guy, can also bring them on the practice squad. So they can offer him, and Belichick used to do this a lot when I was in the NFL, and he still does, and other teams do this as well. I can go, listen, I want you on my practice squad, but I will pay you fully guaranteed a a 53-man roster spot. Or maybe I'll guarantee you $400,000 to come on my practice squad. So they can give financial incentives to come to other teams' practice squad. Now, when you get cut, if you're going to get claimed by a team or you're a team that's going to claim a player, you have to put that player on the 53-man roster. So if you are awarded a player who is cut, just because you're a guy, and I was texting with a Jeff Schwartz, who played in the NFL for a long time. His brother, Mitchell Schwartz, was the right tackle. He went to Oregon. Mitchell went to Cal. Football people. 
And I saw him tweeting about this a couple weeks ago. Like, just because you make the team, if you're the 50th guy, the 51st guy, the 52nd guy, the 53rd guy, does not mean that you're going to be on the team week one. Because if I'm, let's just pick the Jags, who just drafted first, which means they have the number one pick in the claim order. So if I pick my 53-man roster, but I claim four guys, meaning every guy that I claim, I will be awarded. Because until week four, it goes based on the draft order. I will then have to cut four people from my own team to place those new guys on my team. So it is a revolving door these next couple days, and even leading up to the season. So I broke it down into three places, the people that are going to be cut over the next couple days. There are some guys, I would say, depending on the team, anywhere between probably three to like six to seven, that had a legitimate shot to make the team. That at one point in time over the last several weeks, in personnel meetings with the coaches, they were talked about like they were going to be on the roster. And whether they ultimately regressed a little bit, made a mistake, something happened, maybe a position battle, whatever, they got cut, but they easily could have made the roster. A late round pick, an undrafted free agent, or maybe like a practice squad guy from last year. And I would say all those guys are destined to be on that team's practice squad. Those are the hardest guys to cut because you're worried if those guys excelled in preseason games that they might get claimed. And the moment you cut a player, I remember learning this in the NFL. You have to be okay with never seeing them again. Either they get claimed or another practice squad guy steals them. Then there are basically players that were always going to go to the practice squad. And that's the majority of the guys, I would say, from like probably 60 to like 75 that are practice squad type players that either you're going to want on the practice squad or other teams are going to be interested to bring on their practice squad. And that is the majority of young players that are cut. Because it's the NFL. The majority of roster spots are already taken by veteran players. Previously drafted players, other guys that were just drafted in the top three or four rounds. So it's hard to make a team. And the majority of guys, unless you go above and beyond in training camp, are going to be released. But... You're going to be on an NFL team, just be on the practice squad. And then we know as the attrition of the sport, you are a sprained ankle, a broken arm, a torn ACL away from dressing that next week. And to me, the coolest part about the NFL, that group of players is a lot like us in society. It does not matter where you started. It matters how you finish. Your opportunity is not over. You are given the opportunity to go in every single day and practice with the team, be in meetings with the team, be around your coordinators, be around your head coach. Let's face it, a lot of position coaches become offensive coordinators. A lot of offensive coordinator and defensive coordinators become head coaches. You get a great opportunity to be around these guys who in the next year or two will go other places, and if you stay around, you get an opportunity to be on their teams. That's just the way this league works, just like the way life works. Who cares that you don't get the job you want immediately? Unless you get fucking thrown to the gutter and you're homeless, like you're going to have a chance to excel and succeed. It might not go like, ideally, every guy would make the 53-man roster. Ideally, every person would start their career in the corner office in the 11-story building. That's just not the way it works, especially for guys fourth round through undrafted free agents. You got to earn it, and you need some breaks to go your way. Now, when those breaks go your way, those guys, like if you're on a practice squad, in week four, 
when that starting middle linebacker gets hurt and then that backup middle linebacker doesn't play well and then the following week you get an opportunity to not only play special teams but play the nickel linebacker, you better take advantage of the situation. You might be playing Aaron Rodgers. You might be playing Patrick Mahomes. If you look good, it could change your life. If you look shitty, you go right back to the practice squad. And then to me, there's the group, which I respect these guys because they played Division I football, Division II football. They were good enough to have a scout, to have a general manager, to have a position coach, pound the table and say, we should bring this guy into training camp. But whether it was evident early or figured out a little bit later, these guys were never going to be NFL players. And they were just used as bodies during training camp. And at the highest level of the sport, there is nothing to be ashamed at about that. As someone that evaluated these players, that if your career ends and you got to play in preseason games and go to training camp with the Dallas Cowboys, with the New York Giants, with the New Orleans Saints, with the Minnesota Vikings, whoever you were in training camp with, and if all you ever got were an OTAs, a training camp, and some preseason games, that is a fucking incredible accomplishment. But there is, I would say, 10 guys a team that fit kind of that mold that are just not even practice squad worthy and definitely never going to make the NFL. And more than likely, this is the pinnacle of their career. And the pinnacle of their career is still higher than 99% of the majority of people that ever play football from peewee to high school to college. So it's still an impressive accomplishment. But these next couple days, I've been the guy waiting for the playbook. And now the playbook, I think, is a lot more of the iPad. It's just a very tense time. And it's, you know, everyone's tried so hard and put in so much effort. It, it sucks cutting a lot of those first two groups, guys that had a very good chance to make the team. Because making the team is a big deal. And, you know, just telling guys you weren't good enough. Even though we want you back, but you weren't good enough to make the team. It's it's a humbling experience for everyone involved every single year. Uh, I, I saw... I haven't. I realize I have not talked about Carson Wentz at all. Part of it is the Washington football team commanders kind of feels irrelevant. But think how crazy it is. I was listening this morning. I went to the gym to get a little sweat in, and might have had a little fun day Sunday. Sunday fun day, and had a, you know I was just gonna have one Tito's and soda, and it led to about four, and then some beers. And I was like, you know, I need to sweat this out. So yeah, I was still up, you know, bright and early. And I was in there sweating. I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast, and he had Warren Sharp on. And they were talking a lot about the potential of the Eagles to be like this sleeper team to potentially have like the best record in the NFC, which I think is a little strong, but to win the division. And I think there's a very credible chance for them to win the division. Now, I think I've said a couple times that the Eagles split with the Cowboys. I had a couple Cowboys fans firing my DMs, be like, Middlecoff, stop speaking lies. And the reality is, I'm wrong, the Cowboys swept them last year. In the first game, when everyone tried, the Cowboy fans, you guys beat the hell out of them. Remember, I think first drive of the game, pick six, Jalen Hurts, you blew them out. The second game, uh, I was actually in Los Angeles at LA Country Club, you know, pretty fun day. The next day was the Niner game. It was a good weekend, not going to lie. I got pretty drunk all weekend, then I got the vid. That sucked. But, you know, the weekend was remarkable. If you told me I had to get the vid to go play LA Country Club and then go watch the Niners beat the Rams at SoFi Stadium, I would have made that trade off. I did, essentially. And uh, I was watching the game on mute. Uh, You guys killed them. Remember, the Eagles benched everybody. And the Eagles essentially got rid of Carson Wentz and just said, he's not good enough and we don't like him at all. 
And let's face it, just that move in a vacuum has aged very well. A year later, he essentially kind of blows it for the Colts, and they say, we got to get this guy out of here. Where the number one reason he went there was because the head coach, who was like this really great religious guy, was like, I love this dude. And then even by the end, was like, yeah, we got to move on. Frank Reich turned on him. So it's like Carson Wentz's career, he's now on his third team in basically a year and a half. It's pretty crazy. And the Eagles might have upgraded at quarterback. Now, I've never been a big Jalen Hurts fan. Like, I thought he was a running back coming out of college. But number one thing I've been told over and over by people with the Eagles is like, this guy is a football junkie. He loves it. And he does everything humanly possible to improve. He honestly, Dak's a better player, but he fits that mold. He maximizes every ounce of his talent. He truly cares. He's tough. Football means everything to them. Both those guys. A lot of guys in the NFL, but specifically Jalen and and Dak's a good example of a guy. Mid-round pick. No one thought was good enough. And just six, seven years later, I don't think he's a $40 million quarterback. We can argue that. But I love everything he stands for. I think he's a solid player. I think he's a good player. I just don't love the price point. But part of it, like you can you can have a chance with guys like that if you build your team up around them. And I think the Eagles are really good. And I think the Cowboys are kind of coming back to earth. But regardless, we'll see how that plays out. It wouldn't totally shock me, even though I think Mike McCarthy's already under so much heat. It's going to just get weird. They're so fast. Can you imagine if they lose week one against the Bucs and Tom Brady's got like, looks like he's getting plastic surgery. He's taking sabbaticals and he comes and beats Dallas. A lot of pressure there. Now there's a lot of pressure with the Eagles too. They open up against the Lions who, let's face it, we're all rooting for because we're watching hard knocks. But the Eagles better win that game. We can't start anointing the Eagles and then you lose the Lions. Even though I do think the Lions are going to be more competitive. But what about Carson Wentz? Like, is Carson Wentz, you know, like Russell Westbrook, for example, everyone feels like it's over for him in LA. And if you listen to anyone talk that knows they're talking about basketball, like if he's traded to the Pacers for some of their guys, for the Lakers, and the Pacers buy him out, no one is going to want Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is going to be out of the NBA. Now, I would never say never just because, you know, people sell tickets, who knows. But it wouldn't shock me if Russell Westbrook is out of the NBA. Now, the difference of Russell Westbrook and Carson Wentz, Russell Westbrook had like a decade where he's kicking ass, taking names, flawed player, but was still sweet. Carson Wentz had like a moment, and now it feels like he's playing for his career. When people at quarterback go, yeah, we just people don't really like him. Like, that's the most enormous red flag. Think about Jimmy Garoppolo. The number one thing Jimmy Garoppolo hangs his hat on is like, yeah, people just love the dude. People just can't get enough of Jimmy G. They just want Jimmy G to be around. He's a solid quarterback, but God, they love the guy. Great teammate. Fun to be around. Cool with everybody. Good influence. It's been like, Carson's like, yeah, people just look weird at it. And it's just something's off. Doesn't get along with people for whatever reason. You're like, well, what's the reason? It's like, we can't really put our finger on it. He's just weird cat. You know, doesn't listen. Not that coachable. A lot of things that are pretty big red flags. And now he's going to a place which, let's face it, has been historically pretty dysfunctional. It feels like his career is on the line. And last year, his stats don't look bad. Yet when you watched them, you went, I don't really see it. And I remember arguing with Colts fans, be like, I think you're being too hard on Carson Wentz. I don't think I was. Season ended. They couldn't get rid of him fast enough. And I think Matt Ryan's got a little Phillip Rivers where it's like he's holding on for dear life at the end of his career. I know everyone's acting like Matt Ryan's just going to kick ass and take names. I don't know. Maybe he will, but it's not like the Colts are loaded with offensive weaponry. 
Uh, you know, Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne ain't, and Dallas Clark ain't walking through that door. I like Michael Pittman, but holy moly. J- everyone's acting like Jonathan Taylor's Marshall Falk meets Barry Sanders meets Walter Payton. I like the player a lot, but it, it seems like a lot. I mean, I, I, I don't know, but the Colts feel like they've hit struck oil. And part of it feels like just because they got rid of Carson Wentz. So if Carson Wentz, if this season doesn't go well and he's out of the league, even if Jalen Hurts is just okay, think how great of a pivot that was for Philly. I mean, just got rid of a guy that no one can stand. And somehow that player consistently kept getting traded for a first-round pick and then multiple threes. Shows you the power of quarterback. It's just, just wild. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. 
If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Last but not least, before we get into college football, everyone, everyone would be strong, but a lot of people are acting like the Miami Dolphins are going to be really good. And this happens, I'd say, every single season, there's a team or two that get a ton of hype. And, like, for example, the AFC West. The teams, like, the Raiders made the playoffs last year. And, obviously, the Chiefs have been awesome for a decade. But I think a team that's getting a ton of hype would be the Chargers. Right? But last year, they won nine games. And their quarterback was dominant. And their coach was doing kind of borderline reckless things at times going for it when he should have just kicked the field goal. Like, there's no way, or just punted. There's time to go for it, but he was on the borderline, like, insanity side. And it cost them a chance to go to the playoffs with a top-five quarterback. So I think when you're picking the Chargers, you go, God, look at their roster. They add Khalil Mack. They add J.C. Jackson. They have Justin Herbert. It's easy to go, yeah, this team should be a playoff team. Again, I go back to Justin Herbert. Well, when you look at Miami, it feels like people are doing kind of the same thing. Like this team, super loaded. They add Tyree Kill. Their quarterback is Tua. (laughs) Is Tua Tonga Vailoa. Here's the other thing about the Chargers, for example. I am dubious of Brandon Staley. But when Brandon Staley got the job, he had been a coordinator while it only for a year, for a year with the Rams. And their defense was awesome. He had called the plays, which he still does. I like Mike McDaniel a lot. I don't know him personally, but I've obviously followed his career closely with the 49ers, watched all of his press conferences, know people that know him. I'm a fan. I'm rooting for the guy. But I'm going to start with my biggest concern for them. He's never called a play. It's not like he's been the play caller. He's been the right-hand man for the play caller. Now, Maybe he has given Kyle a ton of plays throughout different games, and Kyle's used it real time. Everyone, and I know I know Kyle Juszczyk pretty well. He swears by the guy. People, this guy's smart. Ivy League guy. I'm not disputing Mike McDaniel's understanding of NFL football, understanding of NFL offenses, and understanding how to scheme. But he's never called plays. So even if he becomes a great play caller, he's going to be a way better play caller in a couple years than he is year one. And we'll get into their schedule in a minute. I just think that's, they just think he's going to be McVay or Kyle. Like those guys, when they became head coaches, had been calling plays. I think it's going to be difficult. Uh, the, other, the quarterback, like I said with Herbert, we all know Herbert's good. So when you go, I can see the Chargers being good, it's because we know he's good. They just need to be better on defense, be a little bit better running the ball situationally. I don't know if two is any good. I'd argue from what I've seen, not practice clips, but on the field, in games, I always leave going, this guy is not good. I always leave going, it's pretty nuts. The hype on this guy was talked about like tank for Tua, like he was suck for luck. I watch Andrew Luck and I watch Tua Tonga-Vailoa. I see two different you know, players, you know, I I don't think they have much in common at all. I would tank for one. I would not tank for the other. Let's face it. We all agree that if they would get a do over on that one, they would have taken Justin Herbert. So one, their coaches never call plays and their quarterback is one of the biggest question marks in the league. 
And then three, I had a Chiefs fan recently DM me and went, I've always been a big Tyreek fan. I loved everything he did for us. But do you find it a little weird that he's just kind of unhinged, talking a bunch of shit and doing whatever he wants? And my first reaction was, no, I don't at all. Because I do wonder if, you know, he's always been a guy that has a lot of opinions, but he's not going to do anything under Andy Reid's watch, especially with Patrick Mahomes. He's kind of had to keep his mouth quiet. Like he couldn't be a big diva. And sometimes divas, when they get out of a disciplined, structured area, is when they their true colors really come out. Look at Antonio Brown. For six, five or six years, Antonio Brown was one of the best players we'd ever seen in the history of the league at wide receiver. Every single year, double-digit touchdowns, 1,500 yards, just dominating. He was an unstoppable force. And then he went to the Raiders and tried to burn the place down and didn't give a shit about anybody. I'm not saying Tyreek is doing that because Antonio Brown tried to ruin his career with the Raiders to get cut. But he just never stops talking on this podcast. And it doesn't quite feel, it doesn't quite feel like he's that invested. You know, I don't know. It just feels like, whatever, I got paid. I've already won. I've already established myself as an all-time great. If this doesn't work out, I am so rich. Who cares? And who in this building is going to check me? Because I look around, I don't see Andy Reid. That, to me, would concern me. And last but not least, looking at their schedule, it's a pretty tough start. Now, they have played the Patriots very well, regardless who their coach is, from Tony Sprano to Adam Gase to Brian Flores. For whatever reason, Miami has always given the Patriot fits. So they open up against the Patriots. Then their next three games are at Ravens, against the Bills, and at the Bengals. So they better win that Patriot game. Because they are going to be the underdog in the next three games. And let's face it, anyone listening to this, if you're bet, if I, I told you right now, give me $500, you got to bet on Dolphins at the Ravens, Bills at the Dolphins, Dolphins at the Bengals. You're putting your money on every single one of those games on the other team, not the Dolphins. So there is a very good chance, even if they beat the Patriots, that they start one and three. And if they start one and three, new head coach, the Tua situation, it could get weird fast. And Tyreek ain't used to losing. So this is a guy with a lot of opinions. You, you think he's going to keep quiet when they're losing? I don't think so. So I, I, to me, the Dolphins, I, I'm just, I'm not buying it. Uh, before we get you out of here, we're gonna, we'll put the mail back at John Middlecoff on, um, on Thursday's pod. Some college football thoughts. And... I was thinking this weekend watching, and I talked about the Nebraska situation. The transfer portal, like the NIL, I don't care. Make as much money as you want. I'm pro-capitalism. I'm not bothered by it. It doesn't matter to me one iota. I, I honestly do not give a shit. I also don't pretend to be morally superior. Like guys have been getting paid in college forever. Now the government just gets to tax them. So I, I don't care. The transfer rule, I, I do understand that a majority of guys that go in the transfer portal end up nowhere to go, and it's a disaster. But quarterbacks being able to transfer is incredible for the sport. Because Nebraska, the only reason they were in that game was a quarterback, Casey Thompson, the kid from Texas, actually pretty interesting. And I think quarterbacks being able to transfer in college football makes it in a very fun. I mean, just look around this weekend. 
Ole Miss, their starting quarterback, Jackson Dart, USC. I think that guy's pretty good. I think him and Lane are going to be awesome. Pitt, Keaton Slovis, another guy that had a bunch of success at USC. The irony of USC is they got three quarterbacks all over the country starting. Slovis plays JT Daniels, who's now the starting quarterback of West Virginia. Hell, USC starting quarterback is a kid from Oklahoma, Caleb Williams. And Oregon potentially is going to start Bo Nix. And I'm probably missing a ton of other players. Quarterbacks all over the country transferred. It makes college football when you get a veteran quarterback. Now, not all of them are going to be good, but makes it more interesting. You actually know some of these players. It To me, besides like Jordan Addison, and there, I mean, there are some legitimate position players that move. Last year, Jamison Williams had moved from Ohio State. There, there is a handful of guys. Uh, the Florida State pass rusher the Jets took, it was a Georgia transfer. I mean, it happens. But to me, the quarterback thing has added an element of fun to college football that just wasn't there. I mean, I'm, I'm very, very intrigued to watch all these players. I can't wait to watch Jackson Dart play. And then last but not least, I wanted to go to two programs that I feel both play this weekend have a ton of pressure. And one, you'd say, how could you possibly have pressure when you just won the national championship? It was their first natty, I think, since 1980. And they beat Alabama, which is, you know, you could argue it's the biggest win in program history. Some SEC fans might come at me. I, maybe I don't know my SEC history, but given Kirby's relationship with Nick, given Kirby's history playing Nick, beating, given who Nick is, beating Nick Saban national championship, I, I just can't imagine it gets much bigger than that. But I think we all, anyone that follows college football, and I'm, I don't follow college recruiting that, that like, you know, intently, but I do follow the NFL draft and my buddies that go through the SEC go, God, this team is loaded. They might have a top five pass rusher. They got a top five, you know, top 10 DB. They have star players everywhere. Kirby, every single year has a top two or three recruiting class. This program is basically Alabama 2.0 now. And part of being Alabama 2.0 is every single year you answer the bell. You win the national championship and you play the next year like you didn't win the national championship. And it's been easy for Georgia because they've never gotten over the hump. So every year they kind of had a chip on their shoulder and they had all these players and they were just competing to try to win the next year. Well, finally happened. And now they come back with a loaded team, a lot like many of Saban's teams. And what do they look like? Like, they're a 17 and a half point favorite basically at home in Atlanta against Oregon. Are they just going to kick the crap out of Oregon? Now, Oregon has a new head coach who's ironically from Georgia, but that's what Alabama would do. They would beat the brakes off Oregon. Now, I expect Georgia to be really good. I do wonder, though, if it catches up to them. Like, I get Kirby has a lot of admiration and he just won the national championship with the quarterback, so you're not going to pivot off him. But I'm not saying they got lucky because he played the game of his life in the national championship against Alabama. Can you win back-to-back national championships with Stinson Bennett? I I would argue no. Not when the team, the other two teams that you're going to have to beat, Ohio State and Alabama, have two top five quarterbacks in an NFL draft. So if they're going to get over the hump, do they have to make a quarterback change at some point? I know they did it once. I have a hard time seeing them do it twice. And I'm just fascinated. Do they come out with the same fire of like, we're still the hunter and we're not the hunted because ultimately now Alabama is hunting them. You know what I expect from Alabama all season long to be on a fucking mission to meet Georgia in the SEC championship game. That's all they've talked about. That's all they've thought about. And that's all they're consumed with. 
is getting back to the SEC championship and hoping Georgia is there so they could kill him. Does Georgia have the same mindset? They've never won before. Uh, can Kirby Kirby see Nick coach it like that? But he's now the head coach, not the you know not the defensive coordinator, and he's never been a national championship head coach till this year. So I'm just fascinated to watch their evolution as a program because if he does figure it out, and either Stenson's able to do it or they transition to another quarterback, they could go on a run where they win like two of the next like five national like they're going to be a powerhouse. Now they already have been. But there's a difference between powerhouses that win natties and powerhouses that are just in the mix. And my other team that I can't wait to watch is Utah. Because Utah is a top 10 team, a legitimate top 10 team. They had their most impressive year in the history of the program last year. They won the Pac-12. They went to the Rose Bowl. And if it weren't for injuries at DB, they would have beaten Ohio State. And they have the opportunity. They have a quarterback who's a stud. And they're going down. They're a favorite on the road in the SEC. Now, Florida has been up and down. They have not been Georgia, Alabama, LSU, right? They they have not been to that level. But they're still loaded with NFL players. And their quarterback, uh, Anthony Richardson, I know Kyle Whittingham compared him to Cam Newton, I think this week in his press conference. I've talked to an SEC scout who left the practice and said, John, this dude is a freak. Looks like Cam I think he's quicker, like, I don't know if he's quite Lamar or Kyler, but he's faster than Cam. Now, maybe Cam, when he was young, was pretty fast, but this guy is, I mean, a freak's freak. Now, the question is, what's he like in games, reading defenses, throwing the ball? Only time will tell. And Kyle Whittingham has hung his hat on being one of the best defensive coordinators and defensive units in the country for years. This is a fantastic matchup, because I don't look at Florida like a team that's going to stink. But... If Utah is the real deal, they go in and win this game. And if they go in and win this game, they get USC this year at home. And historically, they've played USC, even their good teams, very, very well in Salt Lake City. And Oregon, we'll just see how Dan Lanning is a head coach. I don't know. Now, the roster he inherits is pretty good. Because Mario Cristobal, I guess sometimes people DM me, they're like, you're too high on Mario. No, I, I think Mario is a flawed, schematic coach. But he is an elite recruiter. And if you're an elite recruiter, if you're not like, you know, chasing women and screwing around like Eddie O, it's borderline impossible to not win nine games every year. And Miami right now would die to be consistently winning nine or 10 games with sweet NFL players. And that's what I think he's about to do. So Dan Lanning inherits a bunch of good players at Oregon. So to me, Kyle Whittingham, he wins this game. He has a playoff level team. And to me, that will be the expectations. If they beat Florida, and I, I expect them to beat Florida. I actually you know, kind of like that game from a gambling perspective. I think the line's at three now. Uh, that he wins that game, I, I think Utah has a very, very good chance to be playoff bound. Appreciate everyone listening. Uh, subscribe to the podcast, Three and Out. If you listen on Collins' feed, share with your friends, share with your enemies. Check out the Volumes YouTube page. Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff, is the Instagram fire in those DMs. Talk to everyone soon. See ya. The volume. All State wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. 
While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.